Hello, and welcome to the Music Therapy and Beyond podcast. Today, we will be exploring improvisation and jazz with Harry Beckett. We hope you will feel inspired at the end of this episode to sit down at the piano and start exploring new ways to play. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast, Harry. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. <laughs> this is a fun place to be. I had a great uh, time uh, working with Giving Song. Oh, oh, gosh, I don't know how long, several months ago, putting together another podcast. And we just mm-hmm. talked about life in general and about music making and music therapy and kind of my overall passion for uh, using music to help people with therapeutic goals. Absolutely. And it was a really good episode. So I'll be sure to link that in our show notes so that people can go back and listen to it because you had a lot of really really valuable things to say. I'm really excited to have you here because you and I have known each other for a very long time. For the listeners that don't know, Harry and I got our um, bachelor's degrees in music therapy together at Drury University in Springfield, Missouri, more than 15 years ago now, which is kind of hard to believe that it's mm. been that well, long. It really flies by when <laughs> it you're It really flies fun. by. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, so we know each other very well. Yes. And the conversation that we're going to have today is really a conversation that we would just have if we were going out to dinner together and talking shop. Right. So just talking or about... Coffee. Or coffee. Coffee really gets our brain going. Yes. Sure. It's just a conversation that we would have any other time, and we just thought that might be valuable for our listeners because you are such an experienced musician, I would say prodigy level, genius level (laughs) piano player. And so I think it'd be great for everybody to just benefit from some of your knowledge and expertise because you just have a lot to offer. So what I would love for you to do to start us off is for those that have not listened to the previous episode to learn about you is to just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to music therapy. Well, I've been a professional musician for many years, and I don't want to reveal my age. I think I just, I just turned 28. That um, sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> well, plus 40. Okay. Plus 40. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, no, I have, um, I hate getting old. You know, musicians have this sense of vanity. Uh, but anyway, not to get off the subject, but no, I, music has been such a part of my life throughout the years, and uh, what kind of brought me into music therapy, that was kind of like later in life, I just found that music has a really healing power on people, Mm -hmm. and I did some work at a, uh, started working in the hospital, Uh, I was a student in uh, radiologic technology, believe it or not, (laughs) uh, before I even got into the music therapy curriculum, and I uh, just found that... um, I had an opportunity to do some volunteer performing of music in the hospital, and I went to the cancer wing and even the neonatal intensive care unit and the post-surgical wing and mm-hmm. uh, uh, cardiac rehab. I mean, all these different units, uh, psychiatric unit as well. Uh, but what I found is that just being myself and just sharing music and that love of music and mm-hmm. that... But also just a, an affection for the other person. I think yep. that came across. There was a magical event happening. Yep. I mean, there was a, people responded. They people who were listless were kind of 
smiling and um, just coming alive again. They, they were starting to remember things that maybe they hadn't remembered in a while. They were sharing very personal experiences, uh, you know, emotional expression of things that maybe they hadn't shared with their family. And that's just the mm-hmm. power of music uh, to awaken things. So anyway, the, those experiences kind of awakened me to kind of make a change in my career from just being a professional musician of many years playing many different genres of music, playing in bands and traveling around the world and all that, uh, that I just want to use music to help with the healing process and help people live a higher quality life. Mm-hmm. So it was that time that I was very fortunate to get a grant from the um, Hospice Foundation Board of Springfield, Missouri, mm-hmm. and um, with the intent of going to Drury University yeah. <laughs> to enter in their music therapy curriculum. And of course, that's where I met the beautiful Elizabeth. And well, it was a different name at the time before it's Shane. But, but mm-hmm. I mean, uh, anyway, so that was quite a... Uh, quite a, an important part of my life. Mm-hmm. I just found that getting the the training in methods and techniques of what music therapists do uh, just added a whole new dimension of my life that just needed to be there because, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's great to perform, but what's really more important is that your performing can communicate to other people and hopefully... Yeah reach out to them and help them have a better quality of life. And mm-hmm. I could go on and on just about that topic, but we'd never get on to some of the other yes. <laughs> fun topics we're going to talk about it's today. It's true. Well, and we know we know that you have a heart for just helping people to really find the music within themselves, find joy, find healing, find quality of life. And we know that as music therapists that our music skills is one of our primary tools that we used to do that. And mm-hmm. when we have better skills as musicians, we're better able to communicate with other people musically and to really help them to find the music. And so I think that the topic today is really exciting because we all get stuck sometimes as music therapists. We get in a rut musically. We're not sure what to do or how to grow, but we know that we need to keep growing and learning. And so I'm excited to talk to you about improvisation and jazz techniques today. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your philosophy around improvisation and why that's important for a music therapist? Well, um, I think everybody in the world, even people who aren't musically trained, naturally improvise, first Mm -hmm. of all. How many times have you heard people uh, working out out in the shop or washing dishes or outside? I mean, male or female, it doesn't matter. You know, people of all ages, many people sometimes just whistle a tune or hum Mm-hmm, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's improvisation. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, sometimes people choose a very definite, familiar song, and but but I think most people take liberties, even when they if they're singing uh, "You Are My Sunshine" in the shower. You are my sunshine. They're going to put their own um, their their own personality into it, and mm-hmm. so that's just being themselves. And so my philosophy is that. Improvisation is just like language. When when we you and I are having this improvisatory talk, we're mm-hmm. just chilling out, having a beautiful conversation, and mm-hmm. that needs to be done in music. And mm-hmm. I think music therapists, this is extremely important 
as important for music therapists as it is for professional musicians who improvise. Mm -hmm. In some ways, it's even more important for music therapists. And yeah. many music therapists are interested, you know, in building repertoire. And that's something mm -hmm. that, you know, you've got to start with the basics. You've got to build repertoire songs mm -hmm. in different genres of music. You have to, to cater it to your clients and to your demographics of who you're working with. But you also need to develop skills, fundamental skills, that will enable you to improvise. And mm -hmm. how do you say, how do you do that? Well... That's a whole other topic. Are right. you ready to talk about that? <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I think really what we'd like to do is be able to just jump in and improvise with you. But like you said, we've got to be able to have the basics to be able to do that. So let's start with the basics. Why? What's something that we need to know to start with about music, the structure of music? What's an important thing to understand if you're going to improvise in a certain style? Okay, uh, first of all, let me just say, you, you need to be listening mm -hmm. to the music that you're trying to emulate, mm -hmm. whether it's jazz, blues, rock, country music, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, you just can't learn it academically. You just don't read, read a book and says, okay, this is the formula for doing blues or doing that. That's not that way. I mean, now there are some great textbooks out, out there which give you some great starters, and I'm going to talk about one of them here mm -hmm. a little bit later on. But the important thing is that you, you, you just like when you took lessons as a, a piano player, a guitar player, trumpet player, saxophone player, a vocalist, whatever, mm -hmm. you learn some basics about theory. So theory yeah. is real important. You, you, you need to understand, to be able to play well in any genre of music, you've got to have a good sound foundation of rhythm. Rhythm mm -hmm. is the basic of everything. Many uh, uh, cultures around the world, rhythm is the basis of their culture. So you, you've got to feel those rhythms. And that's a big, complex mm -hmm. subject, which we could go on all day just talking about rhythm. I was go just going to say, I mean, that's what connects us to other humans, is that we are all naturally rhythmic. We have rhythm yes. within our bodies. Right. Our heartbeats are rhythmic. So if we don't have rhythm, mm -hmm. we're not going anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> because that's the structure, that's the glue that's going to hold everything else together. Right. Also, melody is a real mm -hmm. important. And so how do, you, how do you learn melody? Well, melody is something, in improvisation especially, you really got to know your like all your scales mm -hmm. in, in different types of scales, major, mm -hmm. minor, you've got diminished scales, you've got your... Your uh, Dorian, Phrygian, Lydian. I mean, we can go on and on about different modes mm -hmm. that can enhance your. So, it, what it does, it builds vocabulary. Yeah. Uh, and in melody, you it has a contour to it. So, mm -hmm. it's kind of, it's like, like when we're speaking, we have intonation. Right. Mm -hmm. Hey, how are you doing? That's melody. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we have to translate that music. So you have rhythm. You have melody, and melody communicates the heart, mm -hmm. those heartfelt feelings you have. Then you have harmony. Harmony mm -hmm. is the third component. What, what good is it to play a bunch of a nice melody without some chords, you know? Yep. Gets pretty bland after it, a it while. Gets, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you want to have chords that give it that, that, that foundation underneath mm -hmm. it. And so um, you, you, you have to practice some basics. And if, if you're learning jazz... There is a whole there's a whole bunch of textbooks, for example, that give you that foundation in jazz harmony, mm -hmm. rhythm structures, melodic structures, and mm -hmm. so forth. 
And I think that that is probably what is intimidating to me and other music therapists who weren't raised or spent many years playing jazz is that theory piece that it's a little intimidating to think about learning jazz theory. And so then you kind of get overwhelmed and you're like, oh, never mind. I'll just, maybe that's just not for me. So I know you've mentioned a couple different resources to me and we're going to link those in the show notes so that people can look them up. But what would you say is your favorite textbook, favorite resource? Okay, so I'm holding the book. This, when this series uh, came out, it was written by a guy named uh, Jamie Abersold out mm-hmm. of um, Evansville, Indiana. And um, he became so successful. He come, came up with 25, 30 books mm-hmm. uh, that he cranked out back in the, the 80s and 1990s is when he started doing mm-hmm. that. Uh, but uh, he just takes people step by step, learning simple things, starting off like as though you're a first grader in playing. Mm-hmm. And building that comfort level. And that's the thing I want to emphasize. Um, too many people want to rush the experience, mm-hmm. the learning process of improvising. You know, how many times do you go into a music store and somebody picks up a guitar <laughs> or a keyboard and they're just so anxious to make a sound out of that and they're just trying to run their fingers over it. They don't have any training. They don't have any confidence about mm-hmm. what they're doing. They just, they, they, they want to sound impressive. And so... They, they, they try to rush the process. And I think that's what happens with people with improvising. A lot mm-hmm. of, I think, therapists or just musicians are intimidated by improvisation because they're so used to just reading notes on a page. Yep. Everything has to be written out for it. See, that inhibits you. Mm-hmm. What the, the music, the sheet music, uh, written notes can give you a guide from which you can go beyond that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but w- how do you do that? You do it by, by, by building that confidence. And the way to do that is a little at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a person doesn't build superhuman strength overnight. You know, you've got to go to the gym uh, for maybe years and years to build up, up, up that level. And same thing with music and improv- mm-hmm. improvising. It is a life process. Mm-hmm. I still feel like I am a beginner. Mm-hmm. As many years as I've been doing this, I'm always learning new things. So yep. the idea, take a deep breath, not be in a rush, and just enjoy the ride. And this is the, find the joy in the simplicity of the simplest mm-hmm. improvisation. I'm going to demonstrate something here. In a minute. Awesome. Yeah, I think that will really help our listeners to have some demonstration today. And we're going to give a few different examples because really there are some basic steps that can be taken to start building that comfort level that you're talking about. There are some ways that we can work on that. So maybe we could do that now. Maybe we could just jump into an example from Mm -hmm. this book that you shared with us. We've got a track we can play. Yes, and and the name of this book, uh, and I, there's, there, there, you might go online, there might be a new title, but it's, this book was called A New Approach to Jazz Improvisation. Mm -hmm. And it was volume one by Jamie Abersold. So there may be new additions or there may be some additional resources similar to this. But we'll link this one for sure in case people want the OG. And for anybody that's very into TikTok and Internet, there are so many wonderful tutorials mm-hmm. and channels online now. There's actually one on TikTok that I follow that's just called Jazz Tutorial. And it's just a guy that hops on there and shares different tricks and riffs and things like that. And I love just watching that 
and just seeing what he does, what he comes up with, and it makes me feel inspired. So I'm hoping that we can find lots of resources for our listeners as we go along because whatever works for their brains is what I hope that they can find so that they don't feel stuck and they have somewhere to start. So tell us a little bit about your example before I hit the play button on this. This is the, the very first example in the book on the mm -hmm. track. And it's all done, it's what it is, it's 24 bars mm -hmm. in 4-4 four, four time. And, and the first eight bars is jamming in the key of F, Dorian minor. Now that's, you say, what's Dorian minor? <laughs> well, uh, uh, let, let me just say, this is, uh, th there's many modes you need to learn, but just as a refresher for anybody that ever had this in mm -hmm. theory. Uh, if you're playing in the key of C, for example, you know, from C to C to C is a C major scale. Right. The the uh, the the Dorian minor starting on uh, on D is all the white keys, mm -hmm. as though you're playing the C major scale. Uh, but starting on D. Mm -hmm. do, 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 do. That's one of the most popular scales in jazz. Okay. Not not the harmonic minor. Da, 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 da. Da, da, da. That's what we hear here. Da, da. Right. That's just traditional classical music, but right. in jazz, that just that little difference. That's D Dory uh, in minor. So, just knowing that, and this, and so this example is taking three chords. Um, the first eight bars is is an F minor seventh chord in the left hand, and then it's the Dory, the F minor Dorian scale. We're going to jam on that for eight bars, and then for the second set of eight bars, we're going to jam on an, on an E flat minor Dorian. It's just, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh! So E flat minor <laughs> Dorian. It's on the second. You know, it's actually D flat major, but yep. you know, starting other stuff. You know, so and then and then the the last uh, set of eight bars is D Dorian minor. So forth. Okay, okay. so um, in the very first example, this is designed for the absolute beginner mm -hmm. who is so afraid. What do I do when I hear this uh, this track? You're going to hear you're going to hear this jazz pianist who's playing some nice what they call comping, nice funky jazzy chords, mm -hmm. uh, and you're going to hear a bass player that's really good and a nice drummer, kind of what you'd hear professionally. And so here you are. This is <laughs> Jazz Improv 101, what do I do? So I recommend, if you don't know what a, how to play a Dorian minor scale, mm -hmm. play it in long note, like whole notes. Which is what this example this, has this example on the sheet has. music. Yeah. So if, can we play yep. a little bit of the track? Let's, I'm going to count it in because it's going to start right on the music. Okay. One, Now we're on an E flat minor. Mm -hmm. 
So no, this is the third set of eight. Mm -hmm. I'm playing the G minor Dorian scale. Now we go back to F minor Dorian. So, real, this gets boring real fast. Right. <laughs> but at least in your ear, you're hearing that Dorian minor scale while these guys are jamming. Yep. So imagine you're just a clarinet player or a flute player or a trumpet player just saying, you know, I want to find notes in that scale that go along with their chord progression. So yep. start off just playing very simple notes. Now I'm going to make it a little bit more intricate. But I'm basically playing notes chosen from either the F Dorian minor chord yep. scale or the E flat Dorian minor yep. or the D minor. So that's the idea. And of course, I'm playing on top of what's already another piano player right. playing. So you don't have to think about everything that's going on. It's just about learning the notes of the scale and getting right. really comfortable with those. Of course, now, <laughs> I'm jumping, I'm advancing you real quick, about 20 levels higher. Right. So what this recording is doing is just giving you a loop to practice with. Yeah. It, it, it goes through through those 24 bars, right. eight bars on F minor, eight bars on E flat minor, eight yep. bars on D minor. Um, and it's doing it several times, uh, and it gives you three or four minutes of Right. A chance just to play and listen in your ears. I mean, with, focusing on, on those harmonies and those uh, coming up with your own melodic patterns uh, uh, using notes from the, those scales. Yep. It makes a lot of sense. And I, I see what you're saying, how that could seem kind of boring. But if you don't understand that scale, I would have listened to that and it wouldn't have taken me a few minutes to be like, okay, I can hear these three or four notes just with my ear training that I've had. Okay, I can hear I can hear there's an F in there, I can hear there's a B flat in there. And I'd be fumbling around, but when you have a book like this and you have a loop that's recorded, it helps you to focus on what's important. Here's the scale, now just practice with that scale and you'll mm -hmm. start to find some melodies and some riffs and some things that are more appropriate to the style, which we're gonna get to that more in a minute here. So I think that's one of the things we've talked about is having something you can practice with. If you don't have someone to practice with, if you mm -hmm. and I don't get to be together, but I have a loop, I have a recording of something that yes. I can work with over time and get more and more intricate and really, really comfortable with, then I'm going to get more comfortable with that scale. I'm going to get more comfortable changing it up and doing something different. Mm -hmm. So I really like this example because I think it gives somebody a place to start when they really just aren't sure what to do. Right. It's really simple. It's very accessible. But like you said, you took it to a really complicated place really quick. So if you started to get comfortable with it and you found your groove in there, then you could just really go all over the place wherever you right. want to go with it, which is really cool. Right. So I really love that example. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Um, so why is it important that we understand 
um, characteristics of a style of music before we're improvising. So this had a very definitive jazz style to it. <clears throat> and you just talked about the scale and the the Dorian and all of that. And and, and that's an example. And there, and there might be some different uh, scale. Maybe you're maybe doing a, a Lydian, a, uh, a, a, uh, a dominant Lydian scale. There, mm -hmm. there, I mean, I can... It can be overwhelming real quick to say, oh my gosh, how do I memorize all the scales? And once again, it's just starting with some basic scales and practice hearing it. It doesn't do any good to just memorize like a machine what are the notes in a Dorian or a Phrygian or a Lydian or a Mixolydian. Uh, and then you, or, or, and they also have blue scales, you know. You know, you know everybody right. that learns to play, da, 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 You know, yep. in the pentatonic, and a lot of music therapists learn that in their in their uh, early musical training. So uh, the point is, is that just just get comfortable with a few simple, I mean, just just a few of the scales or the modes, and don't uh, just just get comfortable where it becomes part of you, just like you're conversing. Mm -hmm. Just start playing notes and let it let it come naturally. And it's not like you have to. Here's another important point. It's you don't always have to just stick to notes in that scale. You can cheat a little bit, right. uh, and and uh, occasionally throw in some extraneous notes that kind of clash, because it adds contrast and, and adds dynam dynamics to it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to have a little chaos in the music to make it interesting. Mm -hmm. You don't always have to have it real predictable at mm -hmm. all times, and that's a real important um, uh, concept to remember. Um, yeah. And I think you were asking about why why do we need to understand the characteristics of different styles? Yeah, like you just went from jazz, and then you kind of talked about the blues, blues scale. So what are the elements there? How do we figure that mm. out to know? How do we know? Oh, that's blues. Oh, that's jazz. Oh, that's country. That's gospel. Like, where do we find that? Okay. Now, uh, in blues music, you're, you... Um, Typically, uh, using the blues scale a lot, but it's also like this is. Let me give an example of the blues scale again. Let's see. You know. mm -hmm. But you can do. But that's that's one common component of blues. Right. One of the other common things about blues is that you you tend to have probably the the most familiar type of blues is what we call a twelve bar blues. Right. So. Uh, let's just say if you're in the key of, we're going to use the key of C major mm -hmm. for example. If you can just remember this formula, think 1411 mm -hmm. is the first set of four bars, of okay. 12 bars, and then you're going to, the, the next set is going to be 4411 okay. for the second set of eight bars, and then this third set is going to be 5411. Okay. okay, now, what does that mean? So I'm just going to, this is a very common progression you hear in blues. You're going to hear, um, so um, you know that in the key of C major that the, that the C note is your tonic, is, is, your, right. is your one chord. C chord is your, they call it your one chord. Right. If you were to play uh, an F major chord, that is called your four, four. chord. And if you were to play a G major chord, that is called your five chord. So I'm going to just play a little blues riff. Um, 
and I'm going to use this formula. So listen, right now, I just want you just to think about those those three sets of four. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to talk about the approach to blues and 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 how you feel blues and some of the rhythmic qualities of it. But just, just the raw structure of, right. a, of a 12 bar blues. So here we go. One, two, three, four. Four. One. Now the second set of four. Now we do four. That's 12 bars. We just did right. 12 bars. And then you just do a loop. And then you just do that. <laughs> yeah, you just do it. <laughs> so, but, okay, so there's two popular types of time signatures in, in blues, in, tw in what I call 12-bar blues. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of them is um, the, the standard one. One we did is in 4-4. Four, four. One, two, Okay, and notice that there is, in blues, it's important to have a little, not just a straight beat, but more right. what they call a shuffle, yep. a shuffle, so it's that swingy, the la, da, 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 da. so that's, yes. that's more, you know, it sounds very square, very uh, non-blues, <laughs> that that sounds more like somebody playing rock, uh, trying to do a real simple rock riff. You know, mm -hmm. and that's another interesting thing. To, you know, in in a lot of rock music, they don't do go into the shuffle pattern more. They tend to do more of a straight particular. Bum, 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 you know, and the drummer is. Bum, 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 more of a rock feel right so that's an important part just think of that shuffle thing but as far as time signatures you have the traditional four four right or you have what they call the six eight feel yeah so listen to this two one two three four five six the four five six that feels like there's one, more two, room Four, five, six. One, two. See, you can get yeah. you hear that six, eight groove. Mm -hmm. So uh, some of the real laid back uh, blues riffs you hear on oh BB King. Uh, I don't know. I pick your. There's tons of mm -hmm. uh, John May. Or what's the? I mean, get you. We can go on a big name, a whole list of names of famous artists that love to play blues. It's it's right. just omnipresent. But anyway, so that that six, eight groove is a real popular thing. So. Mm -hmm. So one of the other things important about blues that I want to mention is that it needs to be um, not only have some of those familiar, maybe use some of those bluesy riffs from the blues skip, right? And maybe and and maybe possibly a shuffle feel, uh, and and maybe that 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 formula I just gave you mm -hmm. the 1411, 4411, 5411, which is the standard 12 bar blues. Now, there are other types of blues that we're going to demonstrate in a minute, like you can do a 16-bar blues, mm -hmm. uh, or you can do an 8-bar blues and all that, but the most common is 12-bar blues. But another right. thing about blues, it just needs to be, you, you just can't, you, it, doesn't have, it doesn't have to be metronomical. 
too mm -hmm. many people. Don't don't be stiff. You let it be fluid and kind of you can bend the beat a little bit. You can play behind the beat. <laughs> What they call the flat six to the three. Yeah, but that's that's that's, nice. that's the next lesson. Mm -hmm. You don't need we'll to be that overwhelmed by that. So um, it just has uh, it, it it just has to have a. That's a big thing about blues uh, that I'm going to contrast with another music genre in yeah. a minute. Uh, that it just needs to be relaxed and almost like, hey baby, let's sing the blues. Baby. How are you doing today, honey? It's almost like you're carrying on conversation, you know, you know, and 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 the, you know, I, that's why I love singing, improvising, singing with just made-up words in blues, yep. because it just blues makes people happy. That's yep. another thing about it. It's it isn't, uh, it doesn't. People tend to relax because of the, mm -hmm. of there's a there's a freedom and a flow in it, and just once you learn these these key components, you know, learn your blues scale, learn some of your. Uh, um, uh, some of these chords you use and the different rhythms I've talked about. Um, and most important, do just tons and tons of listening to other mm -hmm. artists. I guarantee you, you will get inspired and you'll be able to do really right. good blues jamming in no time. Yeah. Well, it something I'm hearing you say is kind of a theme here, which I, if I think about using this with clients, which I've done, that the whole blues improv that you're talking about where you ask somebody to just make up a sentence or say how they're feeling or whatever it is, like a call and response kind of thing in a session, we extend so much mm -hmm. kindness to our clients and patients that it takes them a second. There might be a latent response there before they come up with the thing that they're contributing. And as therapists, we always wait for them, right? We wait for them to make their contribution and then we get back into the structure of the music. And what I'm hearing you say is to do the same thing for ourselves when we're learning how to improvise. Mm -hmm. We got a little behind the beat that's fine. We we didn't quite get in the groove or in the pocket yet. That's also fine. We're not going to get there unless we give ourselves that kindness and that patience to just, well, try it again. Come back to it again. Start over or pick up where you left off. Because our brains need that time to process too. Just right. like when we throw it at a client or a patient, they need a second. They're like, oh, you just asked me to make up something on the spot. Okay, I need a second. And then they come up with it and then we contribute and we keep going. So... I really like that um, that theme that I'm hearing so far. That like, it doesn't have to be per perfect. That phrase "practice makes perfect." That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about just getting comfortable with it and having fun with it because we're musicians and we want to enjoy the music we're and making. And that's another reason why, if you don't have access to live musicians to jam with, just make sure you get a lot of great loops, audio mm -hmm. loops, because there's tons of them out there. Mm -hmm. Just let them go on and on forever. You know, do do a do a twelve minute jam. I don't mm -hmm. care. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, just just let it play over and over again, uh, and just just. But don't feel that you have to rush the process. If you get overwhelmed and you say I'm feeling uninspired, just take a break, and then you you'll come back to it. That's like uh, like learning anything. So. 
That's well, true. There's a song that came to mind when we start, started having this conversation. It's a Lori Berkner song called I Know a Chicken, and it's got that call and response. I know a chicken and she laid an egg. Mm -hmm. She laid an egg. And I was thinking in my brain, like, even if I didn't have a loop, I could play that song and my improvisation could be the response of the call and response. I hear her go, I know a chicken. And then I could play something on the piano to make up my own version of that repetition. And it could be just this right. very structured, like every time it's my turn to respond, I'm going to try to respond differently. And I might muck it up a few times. I might not quite find my spot right away, but it gives me some predictability and structure too of a song that I already know really well and use a lot in sessions where I can just take that and try to do something different with it and see if I can mm -hmm. come up with some different responses to kind of push me outside of my comfort mm -hmm. zone. Because that's already in sort of that blues pocket that song is. And so it makes me think that would be a really easy thing for me to go home right now and I could play that on my speaker without having to find a loop if I don't have access or if I'm just not sure what to look for. Okay, so we've been talking about loops and the importance of practicing with loops and finding something with some repetition to mm -hmm. help us get comfortable. So could you share another one with us that would be helpful for somebody that's just learning about the blues, learning how to improvise, learning about jazz? What's, what's another good one that we can use? One of the tunes that for many years was like the the number one beginning level jam tune that musicians played. It was a song composed by Herbie Hancock, <laughs> very famous jazz artist back in, uh, I think it was really popular in the 80s and the 90s. But there was a song called Watermelon Man. Mm -hmm. And you could take almost any jazz improv, improv course <laughs> in college level or even outside college uh, uh, and they would use that song frequently mm -hmm. for years. But uh, so it's basically some of the same chords. I mean, the, the same blues chord type structure we've talked about before, except that it um, it's more it's it's not a twelve bar blues. It's actually uh, sixteen bars. Mm -hmm. uh, so you actually have uh, eight bars uh, is the first part of, of the what we call the A theme, mm -hmm. a, a section, and then we have the the B section is actually six plus two as a tag on the end. Okay. And this will make, I know it sounds confusing now, but the, I think the only way to do it is is to demonstrate. And before you play the track, let me just let me just play it with, without the track so you okay. can see what I'm talking about. So this, this first part is the A theme, and I'm going to play it in the key of F major. Okay. So, you know, we're going to use the one chord, which is an F chord. Mm -hmm with some blues embellishment. Mm -hmm. And then we're gonna go to the four chord, which is B flat. And then, then we're gonna go back to the uh, F chord, the one chord. And then we're gonna go to the, to the five chord, which is the C, and then back to the four, mm -hmm. which is the B flat, and then the F. All right, okay. so let me, I'm just gonna play, uh, this is gonna be total of 16 bars. Um, this is the, the first eight bars, is what we call the 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 A section mm -hmm. of that theme. So here we go. Two, three, four. Two. Bar three.
on bar 14 is where we just do a staccato note and we break. And then you and come back And allow somebody, in. some other musician jamming along to throw in a little fill. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after that, then you have two bars at the end of it. Um, so so let, let, let me, um, let's, let's just play it. Can we All play right. with the track? Yeah, and, let's and do it. it. There we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. dialogue like we're conversing yeah. and if people can realize that and 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 here's another important point yeah don't i, I tell this i preach this all musicians don't compare yourself to someone right. else don't think that that someone else sets the bar sometimes some of the most emotionally touching music performances i've heard are the most simplest laid back for example you heard of nora jones yeah yeah. If, if you listen to any of Nora Jones's great recordings, she tends to be very sparing and very sparse yeah. in her company. There's a lot of space. And sometimes she just hits single notes. She doesn't do fancy, big, fat chords. She just does simple little riffs. But every note has its place. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of musicianship. It doesn't matter how simple. You, 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 you've got to find your own personality and yep. be proud of it and develop your own personality. Don't try to imitate someone else. That's all mm -hmm. I got to say. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and you'll be happier. Uh, and the other people will be happier too because I like to hear people, like what we just did on Watermelon Man, 
I enjoy hearing the Elizabeth personality coming out at that moment. It's right. like, that's what I want to hear. You know, just be yourself. That's all there is to it. Right. <laughs> well, and it's something that I'm not mm -hmm. as comfortable with because I was trained classically, and I'm a more structured, reserved person by nature most of the time. So I do have to push myself more to go into that improvisatory zone because that's not my comfort zone. Same thing mm -hmm. as if I went to a wedding and someone asked me to go out on the dance floor, I'd be like, mm -hmm. can we do it when they do the chicken dance? Because then I know what to do. <laughs> but it's really good for me to go out there and not do the chicken dance and go out when it's just everybody being loose because I learn so much from that. I get more comfortable and I get out of my own head, which is what a lot of us tend to do. We get in our heads or imposter syndrome creeps in and we think, well, I'm not like so-and-so. I'm probably not actually supposed to do this. I probably don't actually have the skills to do this. I'm mm -hmm. kidding myself, which music therapists do that a lot. And so I think just pushing yourself and allowing yourself to make those mistakes is just really good. It feels really good. It felt good just now to just do that, knowing I was probably going to play a few notes that I might think were sour if I went back to listen to it. And I cannot tell but, you, you, you mentioned the, the word mistakes. Um, sometimes getting out of the formula or doing something like, let's consider an accidental wrong, what you think is a wrong note. There are so many classic examples, and I, I didn't, I don't have time to prepare that list of some very famous recordings that what was played on the recording was an accident. It wasn't right. intended. But it sounded so good at the time that now it's it's legendary. I mean, there's some legendary riffs where the guys just kind of hit a weird note, but everybody is endeared to that. Mm -hmm. And that might be a whole other topic. Maybe I should come up with my collection of famous <laughs> pieces that we've all heard because uh, where where, yeah. where where the note that you heard in recording was not the original intended note, and right. it seemed like a mistake. So the moral of that story is: be happy with what you think of as mistakes, or it says. Because as, as, as you play something that sounds weird, let, let it evolve to what happens mm -hmm. next. Just get back on track or, or go somewhere else. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah anyway. absolutely. So I think it'd be great if we did um, kind of a little comparison of a couple different genres or styles so that you can kind of help us to understand more about how we can find our groove in a certain style of music. Mm -hmm. So do you have something that you yes, can share okay. with us? So what I want to, um, um, uh, one of my favorite songs by a guy named Bill Withers called Ain't No Sunshine, um, and I'm going to sing a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but here's what I, here's some things that I want you to think about when I'm, I'm going to play you a real quick comparison of two different styles. And one of them is more the, the traditional bluesy feel. Mm -hmm. um, and J.J. Uh, Wheeler, who has the site about learning how to improvise uh, in different styles of music, um, uh, he, he, he makes this really... I'm just going to read what he says. This is his con con concluding, concluding comments about when he talks about improvising in a blues style. Mm -hmm. He says, in terms of basic stylistic traits, blues music tends to be quite simple with the aim of conveying a tale of sorrow, hardship, or regret as clearly as possible. The, the style generally has a laid-back feel, although more upbeat variations occur in subgenres such as boogie-woogie. And, and the use of techniques such as slides, slurs, note bends, and breathy softer tones can create an effective blues sound. So like if you're playing guitar or harmonica mm -hmm. or something like that, you can do you know, a lot of these slides and 
slurs, that's another thing that's uh, indicative um, that you would find in many blues-type recordings. Mm -hmm. uh, and so now, uh, so keep that in mind when I sing my first version of Ain't No Sunshine, and then I'm going to go into what I call more of a more funk version. Mm -hmm. Now, people say, well, what is funk? Well, funk is something that's generally a little bit edgier. Uh, it's kind of related to what you hear in, in pop music, rock music, R&B, um, uh, uh, jazz. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you could take any other genre, blues, jazz, I mean, all this stuff, even country. Yeah. Uh, and you can add a funk element. So what does funk mean? Um, it basically means that there's a little bit, if, if I was to summarize it in a real simplistic term, it has a lot more edge to it. Mm -hmm. uh, you, there, there is more conscientiousness in funk of being in the pocket. Where yeah. you, you just feel this groove. It's a, it's a little bit deeper, a little bit sharper, more, more pronounced groove. Um, it's, it's uh, so beat placement. Also, sometimes playing behind the beat mm -hmm. uh, is an indicative thing of funk. And it, it has also a more explosive, it's a little bit more extravagant, if I can say, than maybe a laid-back blues. So mm -hmm. it's a, it'll make more sense when I actually yeah. play the song. So Let's I'm see if sing. we can hear the difference Yeah, here. so I'm going to play a little bit of Ain't No Sunshine. So, <clears throat> so uh, I just want to sing of the first verse, just for those that have ever heard, not familiar with the song. And I'm going to play it a little bit straight first, just so you can okay. get familiar with the tune. Ain't no sunshine where she's gone. I'm just playing a very straight version. It's not warm when she's away. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. And she's always gone too long. Anytime she goes away. Okay, that's just the first verse. That's right. enough for illustration. Now, this time, I'm, I'm just going to play the melodies. Um, okay. I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going to try to put a real relaxed, bluesy quality based upon what I just spoke yep. about blues. So here we go. feel bluesy yeah, to you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Very recognizable. Okay. 100%. Now, now I'm going to shift to a more funky quality. All right. Take it the same. So see what, see if Let's you bring can the feel. Funk. This is a funk. <laughs> I'm portraying this musically that your listeners is hearing that 
but you should it should definitely feel edgier. Yeah. A little bit sharper pointed, more explosive accents. Uh, but yet, even funk uh, does have its uh, very. You, you can still be laid back. Yeah. So, in, I mean, the important thing with funk, you don't want it to be stiff. Yeah. You, you don't want to be thinking about being so edgy and sharp accents that you make it stiff. You still have to relax and just. Imagine you're at a party dancing along some yep. rhythm disco or R&B or maybe some kind of a hip-hop groove. And that's going to help you get into a funk style. So, and, um, you know, be in that pocket. Boom, listen to the... Generally, it tends to have a, a, a real stronger bass line. So and maybe, maybe that would be the helpful thing if you feel comfortable doing your own kind of recording and stuff is to come up with a bass line for something. And that's your loop. It's just that funky right. bass line that just is really consistent and it's, you're hitting the beat every time. And then you focus on yeah. you know, what's happening with your right hand and then maybe you flip it another time. And the bass is where you're going to start to explore a little bit. Because mm -hmm. I know a lot of us, the left hand work can be really overwhelming. And it's hard to be like, okay, well, what do I do with the bass line other than one, four, five, one? Mm -hmm. And that's a whole nother level of improvisation, right? To start get your left hand to be um, a little more comfortable. Because I know that's one of my goals as a music therapist. I feel like my left hand is less developed in the land of improv. And I really want to build that more mm -hmm. with bass lines. So that kind of makes me feel inspired to play around with this song and see what I can find. Sure. That was really cool. Well, we are running out of time, Harry. So before we end our time together, are there any last little tips, tips that you would want us to know? Because we've talked about a lot of things today. What do you want to leave our listeners with to help them feel inspired to really explore improvisation more? Let me just, I, I have one important thing to take home Okay. from this. When you hear of all we're, that we're doing <clears throat> today, you, 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 you hear a, a structure. We talked about structure, you know, 12-bar blues, 16-bar blues, mm -hmm. a, a, a font style, you know, accents, using the Dorian scale. I mean, I talked about a lot of things. Those are the elements of structure. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's important to get to add that to your vocabulary. But it's also fun to have this chaos element. Yeah. Part of what I was doing, I was getting almost a little out of control on yes. some of my funk. And but it's it's pleasant chaos. It's fun. It's like teasing. Yeah. Teasing the air. And and the point I want to make, all human beings innately desire structure yeah. at the basis of everything they do. And and this goes outside of music. Mm -hmm. No if, if you're you're learning to play tennis, I don't care. If you're learning to do, you know, a, a sport or learning to do a job or anything like that, mm -hmm. uh, people want to know, well, what are the basic rules or, you know, what is, what's the basic pattern here? You know, and that's okay. Right. But what makes life interesting is, and, and where you get your individual, pe people also like personality. Mm -hmm. The point is, is that I think you want to strive to where you have a balance of structure and a little bit of chaos. <laughs> sometimes it's you, you want a large amount of chaos to get the job done. Uh, but sometimes you, you need to basically keep 
within the structure and maybe just a few little moments of chaos. But mm-hmm. that, so it, it happens in music and it happens uh, in everything else we do. We can go on and on about that. Uh, it says, you know, I, I also have the thought that you, you, that you can have chaos and a lack of direction. But, you know, remember, it's only part of the equation. You can yep. make progress if you have at least, I say, 50% structure. And, and mm-hmm. that's no golden rule. It doesn't have to be exact 50%. It's a place to start. It's a place to start and, and do that. So that's something I would uh, also say. Another thing I want to tell people is, uh, you know, and I mentioned this before, listen, 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 lots of music. Uh, and then practice, practice, practice. But by practicing, make it an enjoyable I- uh, event. If you find a duet partner to practice, or if you're just practicing by yourself, listening to a loop, mm-hmm. always Try to enjoy the moment. Don't say, oh my gosh, this is boring. This is an exercise. Mm-hmm. Just try to get some, look for the, for the joy in making, you know, doo, doo. you know, if that's my motto, enjoy the notes, uh, savor every note that you play, mm-hmm. whether you're improvising a simple pattern or a complex pattern. And like you will be happier as a person mm-hmm. and a happier musician and you will be well on your way to becoming a great improviser, if you do awesome. <laughs> Well, I think that this is a great starting place for anybody that's listening that just feels a little overwhelmed by this idea but really wants to learn more and really wants to find the joy in music. If you've been a music therapist for any amount of time, you go through those stages where you start to lose some of the joy because mm-hmm. you tend to do the same things. And so pushing yourself to learn a new skill is one of those ways where you can bring the joy back and you can remember why you did this to begin with. Because we love music. Mm-hmm. Because we find joy in making music and connecting with other people. And so I'm excited to get to work. I've got a piano at home. I'm excited to take these tips and start practicing more. I'm excited to have you back and for us to turn this into more of a series and to mm-hmm. explore more of this skill, explore more about improvisation and jazz, because I think there's much, much more to learn. So thank you for coming on the show and for sharing so much of your heart and your skill and your passion, because I know that a lot of people are going to benefit from it. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. And I I share your joy and enthusiasm, and I, I feel your passion too, and your, your, your drive not only to learn, but you've, you've got a wonderful personality that comes across in just who you are as a person but in your music as well and so trust that trust that yes. joy i'm and gonna trust life is that's that's a process it's always evolving exactly trust the process we say that about so many things and it's so true don't so. don't worry about the end result no process not product Pro- exactly the classic amen. music therapy mantra amen. we're gonna remember that amen yes. awesome well wonderful to have you thank harry you. thank you thank as you. always yes For show notes and resources in today's episode and all episodes, head to our website, musictherapyandbeyond.com. Reach out to us at musictherapyandbeyond at gmail.com and follow us on social media to stay up to date on all the content and announcements. We'll see you next time.